0: Hello and welcome back to Witch Fix, I'm Sarah and today I come to you from a place of sorrow and a place of joy. Joy because, well, I finally found a film that I hadn't previously seen that is actually of a quality that didn't make me want to cut my own eyes out. And sorrow because after paying literally ones of pounds for that DVD of that film to be sent to my house, it came up for free on Now TV, which I don't pay for, so it would actually be really, really free. But nonetheless, I'm here to talk about Pi Wacket, which I watched today and it was made and released in 2017. I found out about this film by just generally looking at horror films on eBay. I think I was down a, a three search hole in that I'd searched for one specific thing but had seen entries for something else, and then searching directly for that thing led me to this film. And what struck me about it is, one, that people were actually bidding on copies of it, which was a sign that at least some people wanted to watch it. And when I Googled it, it turns out that it was screened at the 2017 Toronto International Film Festival. So at least some people had thought that this film had merit. And frankly, that's all I needed to hear. I thought the title was a little bit weird. It doesn't really tell you what the film is about. And after watching it, I'm still not entirely sure what a pie-whacket is. It does sound like a game of whack-a-mole that you would play with some pies and a mallet. And after Googling it, I don't think that it's an actual entity or demon that is recognised in any kind of literature or lore. Uh, The only other reference to pie-whacket I can see is that it was the name of a cat in Bell Book and Candle the movie. So entirely made up for this film. The film was also filmed in Canada which just seems to be where horror films are born now and it deals with a teenage girl whose name is Leah and the death of her father and sort of ramifications that come from that and her interest in the occult which I'll go into in a little bit. There are some warnings I'm going to put out for this film. The big one would be for self-harm. There is imagery in it that could be triggering to self-harm if you have those kind of impulses or history. And there's just something at the end which is a little bit unpleasant that you might not want to see, but it does involve someone being burned. So that's all I'll say because I don't really want to give away the ending, but if someone being burned alive is going to upset you or you're going to find that hard to deal with because it's quite an extended scene then go into it forewarned. So the plot of the film is that Leah Reyes and her mother have recently lost uh, her dad and her husband and they're sort of grieving following this and the mum's drinking quite a lot of wine and she's staying on the couch quite a lot and is clearly very depressed and grieving. Leah has dealt with the passing of her father by getting involved in the occult she idolizes a writer who's written a book called black river black magic um which is a fictional book i googled it and that doesn't actually exist and she's friends with a bunch of sort of light goth slash him heartagram wearing emos who are very interested in the occult black magic satanism marilyn manson various other things that people are interested in when they're 16 and the whole opening section of the film is just her hanging out with her friends drinking wine and talking about this kind of stuff and it generally has this kind of feel like an indie film like I was expecting Michael Cera to skateboard in at some point it feels very like Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist but with more black lipstick and some metal thrown in also with a bit of the Babadook kind of sprinkled over the top for flavour. And that's basically how I would describe the whole film. The plot kicks off when Leah's mother says that they are now moving house. She doesn't want to live in the same house where obviously she lived with her husband. And I can kind of get that. This means that they'll now live a two hour round trip drive from Leah's school. And she kind of wants Leah to transfer to a, a nearer school at the end of the school year. And they move to this cabin that's in the middle of the woods in Canada. And it's a quite a nice house. I kind of didn't understand why Leah had such a problem with moving uh, and not being near her friends because she is technically still near her friends. It's only an hour's drive to get her to that school and they can still come visit. It seems like most of her friends have cars so I felt like she was maybe overreacting a bit when she just started acting out and screaming at her mum. But then it kind of kicks off when in the middle of an argument, her mum labels her interest in the occult as being stupid and calls Leah and her friends losers. And they get really cross with each other. There's a lot of door slamming. Leah goes to her room in a huff. This is when the whole occult horror movie element comes in, because in a book that is simply called The Occult Primer, Leah finds a spell which she performs in order to kill her mother. So I don't think that would be in the occult primer. It's like, book one, how to kill people. Book two, where do you go from that? But anyway, uh, the spell itself is quite atmospheric. It involves a lot of tools which are recognisably Wiccan and Pagan, namely an athme and a cauldron. She goes into the woods. She does some stuff involving yarn, knocks on a tree with a stone, anoints herself with various oils and blends milk, herbs and some of her own blood into the cauldron. The thing that kind of unstuck me from that is, one, she cuts her wrist in a really stupid way to get just a bit of blood for a spell, and also she then digs a hole with her athme, which made me wince a bit because that's not what the athme is for. It's also not for cutting yourself to release blood for a spell. Um, but it's definitely also not for digging and later on you do see her doing some sort of gardening with a trowel So clearly she knows what a digging implement looks like. She just chose not to take one with her in her backpack full of magic stuff Anywho, as soon as she's done the spell her and her mum make up and she instantly starts feeling really bad about it and Then decides to kind of put the whole thing behind her except then you guessed it folks weird shit starts happening There's a lot of bumping noises in the house. The front door is mysteriously open after it was locked. There was dirt on the floor. And the next day when they go into town to look at a gift shop that her mum might potentially be working in later, Leah is looking at various images of witches um, in the sort of Halloween decorations and greeting cards. And she sees a greeting card that is just plain white. And on it says, be careful what you wish for. Someone might be listening, which is spooky. I have to say, there are a few, like, jump scares in the film where just, like, loud noises are used, which I don't really rate as scares because that takes literally no effort. I mean, I could do that right now if I walked next door to my brother's room and shouted boo through the door. I like to be actually creeped out by films and not necessarily just startled. So I would say that there aren't really a lot of genuine scares in the film, but there are chills, uh, a little spoople here and there, because... There are some quite good moments where just things aren't quite right. And There's different things that have been introduced and some really good acting from some people and specifically when Leah's friend Janice comes to stay with them that uh, one night just to see what kind of creepy stuff's going on and they can't find her the next morning anywhere in the house and they go outside and she's locked herself in Leah's mum's car and is just crying and begging to be taken home. And you don't see anything happen to her but it's just quite affecting, kind of chilling. And I like that. It feels like it's a film that would scare you after you've watched it rather than during. It's the kind of film that would stick in your mind and next time you were near some trees or just generally woodland of any kind you would be feeling a little prickle at the back of your neck and remembering this film. So the supernatural interference and action starts to reach ahead. A lot of weird stuff is happening and so after turning to her friends and getting not a lot of help or a lot of understanding from them, Leah turns to Rowan Dove, who is the author of the book she's interested in, which is Black River, Black Magic. She Skype chats him and he says that he she has to do the ritual that she did before, but in reverse to reverse what she's done and to close the bridge that she's set up between herself and this demon that she's invited in. Because after it's killed her mum, which is what it was summoned to do, it will turn on her and basically the spell that started with her will end with her. There's some logic to that, I suppose. It's not terrible logic for a film. It's not really what I would say is consistent with magic in the sense that Wiccans and Pagans would practice it. Like You can't really reverse spells in that, but I see where he's coming from and he says that during the ritual she has to make amends and apologise and basically repent for what she's done it's unclear whether he believes this or whether he's just trying to make her feel better but she goes out into the woods with all her stuff and decides to try and do the ritual and this is when the film reaches its sort of climax with about half an hour 20 minutes left to go she's interrupted in the ritual because there's a really good spooky bit where she sees her mum's body in the forest but she can still hear her mum calling for her from the house and that sort of makes you wonder which is the real mother, whether the mother is dead or whether this is the demons trying to trick her and all this other stuff and then the film hits its climax, which I don't really particularly want to spoil for you, but you know, shit goes down, shit gets real pretty quickly. The ending is not terrible, I think it's probably quite a logical place for it to go and it's not a particularly inventive or original ending because it's an ending that's been in quite a lot of other films but it definitely got the job done it summed up the plot in a way that made sense what I quite liked about Wacket was the general indie film feel it reminded me a little bit of films like Ginger Snaps where it's got this very kind of teen gothic aesthetic going through it and you definitely get that kind of feeling from her room and her books and the things that she brings to the ritual and all of that I felt like maybe they could have put some more stuff in to make it, to give it more of a reason for her to want her mum dead. Because I feel like when one of your parents has died suddenly and unexpectedly, you would not wish death lightly on the remaining parent if that parent is just moving you to a different house. I mean, her mum isn't really doing anything that that should result in that kind of reaction from her daughter. Um, Maybe if she just said something a little more strongly about her friends or about her, then I would have understood it. But it seemed like it was a bit out of left field. Having said that, uh, I generally didn't have a problem with the actual logic of the film. All the actors and actresses did a really good job. They were really believable. They really got into it. And it was quite engaging to, to watch. So, I mean, I'm just genuinely surprised that a film that I found that I didn't already like actually had a good portrayal of the occult. And I've included it on the podcast because obviously she does a ritual which has sort of pagan elements in it. And also there's a lot of witch imagery throughout the film. So I thought I'd include it because she doesn't necessarily call herself a witch, but she does do some actual ritual magic slash a spell. So I guess she counts as a witch. I also think that it deserves quite a bit of credit because usually when you see the thing in the horror film, it makes it less scary. Like the Babadook becomes a lot less scary once you see it. Uh, And in various other films like the woman in black, that's really spooky with the first time you see it when you see the woman in the distance through the window and it's just a woman that they've dressed up who's just walking through the woods a distance to the house. But when you start seeing the CGI woman up close, it becomes less scary and it's a very literal case of familiarity breeding contempt because you get used to seeing it and it's not shocking anymore. With this you never actually really see the thing, it's represented as sounds, footsteps behind her, things that it's done and left behind, and then later on it appears as her mother. It doesn't appear as like a great big slimy monster with big teeth, and that's really effective, that was quite chilling. Again, chilling more than scary, but still. As I said, this film is currently on Now TV, so... You can probably watch it there if you have Now TV. You can also buy the DVD for not a lot of money. I bought mine from eBay. Surprise, surprise. And you can get it on Amazon. It's not terribly expensive, but it is definitely one worth adding to your collection if you're looking for a good kind of psychological horror with occult elements. It reminded me a little bit of The Witch, but obviously that veers more into the supernatural later on. So it's kind of more realism than that. And it's nice to see a film about teenage witches that doesn't read like a complete retread of the craft. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember, you can get in touch on Twitter at WitchFix or by email, which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!